I'm Kimberly C. Palm. As I travel throughout each state, I realize that death is just a moment. It is how we live until that moment that matters. Finding connection with friends, family, and complete strangers. Journey with me. This is the Live Well, Die Well Tour. I have the great privilege today to talk to Connie Duquesne. She is the Senior Vice President of Strategic Solutions at Vital Decisions. That is such a, a cool title, <laughs> but I have no clue what that means. Let's start there. Yeah, please. So a few years ago, uh, the organization, I, I was doing clinical work for Vital Decisions and I've held various roles, but they came to me and said, would you be interested in working with health plans and other organizations to sort of figure out how to integrate the services that we provide with the services that they provide to meet the needs of members? So it's really about piecing together all of the components, our stuff, their stuff, to create services for health plan members and patients. That's, that's awesome. Uh, so talk to me, what, what is vital decisions? What actually do you do? Just to kind of explain it, because I, I, I feel like you guys are really well known, but then there's a lot of people that have never heard of you guys. Right. It's true. So we're working on that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we have been offering services to people who are dealing with an advanced illness and approaching end of life for more than 10 years. And so we have developed a telehealth intervention model to provide support to people to figure out how do they want their journey to go? How do they want, what, what do they want from a care perspective? Who do they want involved in the process? It's really about helping them to build an advanced care plan that is in alignment with their priorities, their preferences, and their values. And we've, you know, we've helped hundreds of thousands of people. Do you know how badly people need you? Yes, which, uh. is, one of, which is one of the reasons when um, the organization approached me to say, would you be interested in this? I said yes, because I was a clinician delivering care to members for vital decisions. And it was life-changing mm. for me and for them. And so I thought, wow, an opportunity to help not just one person or a hundred people, but by interacting with health plans and other organizations, I could help thousands of people. Yeah. Yeah. So, so what, like, sign me up. Yeah. So tell me about your journey. You know, those of us who end up in this field that I, I have to admit I love because I, I feel like I'm always a student, but how did you come to, how did you come to love it? So I had a 20-plus year uh, career in corporate America doing a variety of different things that were rewarding uh, financially and personally, but I still felt like something is missing. So in my 40s, I said, I need to make a change. And so I decided to pursue a career in counseling. 
And so as I was uh, pursuing that career, completed my master's, did some things, I, I was trying to find my spot. Like, what, what am I going to do? And it was, I was doing work, clinical work, and I got a phone call from a friend. And uh, the friend said, hey, I'm starting a job at a new company called Vital Decisions. You should check it out. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. I'm, you know, whatever. So fast forward, I get another phone call from another friend who doesn't know the first friend saying, hey, I just started this job at this new company. You should check it out. Well, so now I'm one of those people, two people who don't know each other, start a job and call me and say, you should check it out. Well, you check it out. Yeah. I, you, you check it out. It's and I, yeah. And so I met people and I was like, wow, I love, I love what it stands for. I love what we are going to do. I, I want to be a part of it. And that was 10 years ago. Oh, wow. And I am so grateful to those two people because that's how I got here. It's, it's not what I envisioned when I said I want to go in a different path and help people to have a better life. But it's definitely where I feel my spot is. Ah, oh, what a great story. No, oh, I mean, I'm so grateful for, to those two people. Well, you know, I love uh, advanced care planning because it, it, gets, it gets the conversation started. But yet there's, yes, it's the paperwork, it's the conversation, but there's still so much more color that we can interject in it um, that that doesn't seem to get... Uh, the recognition, like, I want Barbara Streisand to be playing, you know, just little things that totally make the experience catered to me. And, and that's what I, I, I am desperate uh, to, to continue to fight to get people to talk about these hard conversations way before there's a medical issue. Don't tell me, do you guys work with individuals, even when they're healthy to start this conversation early? So it will depend on how our services are being provided to the member, right? So if we're going to a member through a health plan, they're typically offering our services to people who are dealing with complex comorbidities or are very advanced in their illness. However, what we do have for those who are, I'll say, are working in well, uh, we do have a digital platform that uses some of the same constructs. So what we now have is a portfolio that will help every adult person to build the right plan for where they are in their life journey. Uh, the, you know what? I just feel like, gosh, this should have happened like 30 years ago. Mm, and how, yeah. how, so how, how do I get people interested or how do people know that you guys are a part of their health plan? Mm. Well, so I think about this a lot. How do we let people know? Right. And so one is, uh, yeah, an outreach to vital decisions, right? To see who who are we, who who is working with us? Because we work with large national plans, regional plans, state plans, right? It, so there's a, a whole slew of organizations, but it's not as many as we would like, right? right? Um, so I guess it could start with a, a call to us. It could start with a call to the health plan. But at the very minimum, if someone hearing this says, "Hey, I, I know I need to do an advanced care plan." I need to do something and I need to do it now, they could go to our digital platform because uh, several months ago, our CEO uh, decided to make the digital platform available at no cost to every person in the country. So where do they find that? 
So it would be www.mylivingvoice.com. Mylivingvoice.com. Yes. Yes. Free. Free. And uh, it, it, you can complete a high-level plan and identify your proxy, the person who will speak on your behalf, in 15 minutes. Right? So it, it's sort of like giving a gift to everybody you care about in your life. You spend 10 or 15 minutes building your plan. Then you have the ability from that digital platform to share it electronically with your spouse, your children, your primary care physician. It's it's an excellent resource. Uh, I just can't believe that. You guys really must, your mission must really, bottom line, be just to help people. It is. I mean, you know, so when our founders uh, started the organization more than 10 years ago, they, they could see there was a disconnect between what people were getting as they were facing an advanced illness and end of life and what they wanted. There was a gap. And how do we close the gap? And, you know, some say work with providers to increase communication. And that is a good strategy. But the strategy we use is working with the patient and the caregivers to find their voice so they can communicate with the providers. Because when you put the patient in charge, because they are the expert in their lives, they make the decisions that are good for them. And they ask questions and they understand in a different way, right? And so we help them when we're working directly, uh, our specialists are working with patients. We help them to build skills because as you know, when people are on this journey, they make decisions today but in three months, they need to make different decisions. And if they have the tools in their toolbox, when they get to that point in three months, they can make the decision for them that is right at that point in time, right? So it, it's not a one and done. And I think a lot of people think about advanced care planning as that advanced directive document and a proxy, but it is more, right? Yeah. You want it to be pliable. Yeah. As, as you, you know, manage and either, you know, weave in, my father was just diagnosed with leukemia mm -hmm. and, and everyone's like, Ooh, that's a, that's a horrible thing. I'm like, well, he's taking a pill and he's washing his Harley Davidson. You know, it's, it's like mm -hmm. some things don't mean exactly what we conceive them mm -hmm. to be. Mm -hmm. And, um, so talk to me a little bit about what is your specific role with vital decisions? Yeah. So so I, I've held a variety of roles. So I started as a clinician, right? So I know the process. I know the work uh, intimately. And I've also been involved in implementations, clinical account management. So I know the process on how to integrate our services with health plan case management or utilization management. Um, but now, really, I am going to health plans and I'm finding opportunities to talk about what we do right? It's to educate people on what we do. So they, like you, can have a, a deeper understanding. Uh, so when the time is right for an organization, be it a health plan or a union or a large employer, when the time is right, they know that we are here to help them help their members or their employees, right? So, so pre-COVID, <laughs> Yeah. I did a lot of traveling, right? I oh, was wow. visiting a lot of places, talking to a lot of people. And since COVID, that has changed. Now I'm doing a lot of talking to people, but in a different modality. Right. right? Uh, but really, it's all about helping health plans and other organizations to see and appreciate 
what we do and the importance of advanced care planning. Sure. Not simply having an advanced directive. Right. Which are very different. Can yes. you, since we brought that up, can, let's talk about the difference between a directive and advanced care planning. Because I feel like so many people are confused with with this terminology, what, how we yes. talk. Because, you know, you and I have been in this field for a long time and we tend to get use words that people don't understand. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So what you is know, the difference? So to me, advanced care planning is a process. An advanced directive is a document. Right. So, so let me give tell you a story. And this story comes pre vital decisions day. I was scheduled to have a procedure. I was going to have a surgery. So I went to the hospital to do the admit. I go to the front counter and I say, I'm Connie Duquesne. I'm here to see Dr. Welby. And she's like, great. Fill out these forms. Oh, by the way, do you have an advanced directive? And I was like, I don't think so because I don't know what that is. And she shrugs her shoulders. She's like, okay, slides a document across the table, says you should go over there, sit down and fill this out. I'm a good patient. I go sit down, I open it up and I'm like, life support? (laughs) (laughs) Death? (laughs) And I'm hours from going into surgery and you're talking to me about life support and death now? (laughs) <laughs> I know. So that was trying to get me to do an advanced directive in the moment. And there was no time for process, right? Mm. There was no time to think about who am as a, I am as a person. What if I have to have be, uh, uh, be intubated? How do I feel about these things? I don't know. I don't know. But I got to check some boxes and I got to pick somebody who's going to speak on my behalf. That is that moment was not advanced care planning. Mm. And really that experience is really what I am, I'm going to say fighting against. Mm. I don't want other people to be frightened in that moment. And you know, it's already frightening. It is. Why do, why, why do that to a person? Well, and, and, you know, I, I feel like you have certain segments of, of people, those who, you know, plan for death when, you know, a few months after they were born. Um, and then you have those who have a medical event, but, but then you have random surgeries and Mm. it's like, how do we bring this conversation to the forefront (laughs) prior to any medical decisions, any medical things happening? So at least you have that, comfortability of, of really what you want. And we're talking about quality and living. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. So I, I, I recall a lot of conversations with clients. I refer to the people I work with as clients, not patients. Mm. And they would, I would make outreach to them because we're telehealth. So we were doing telephonic and I would call them and they're like, I'm good. I've already planned my funeral. And I, I'm like, that's good. You're a planner. But there's a lot of life between now and then, and we're going to plan for between now and then, right? So what you've told me is you are a planner, so let's figure out how this journey is going to go, right? Yeah. Yeah, and that's the thing is, you know, being in this field, we know so much more because we we are in it. Take my mm-hmm. father, who is not in this field. It, it's 
it's really hard to navigate, especially mm-hmm. with a serious illness. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think decisions are made based on emotion mm-hmm. uh, and, and instead of really, what is this quality about? Mm-hmm. Um, you yeah. know, how do we get to that point? How, do, how can we encourage people to really embrace planning versus mm-hmm. just the documentation? And, and what does that encompass in your mind's eye? The, the planning part? Yeah. Well, so for me, I think I have been deeply influenced by the work that we do at Vital Decisions. So first, it starts with helping the person to figure out their why. Why would you want to do this at all? When a person is told what to do, that isn't going to get them to do it. I mean, like my doctor has told me many times, you should drink more water, eat more green vegetables, exercise more, da 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 Telling, telling doesn't work. But when you help me to figure out why it's important to me, that makes all the difference. So it starts there. Why would you even want to do this? And once they have clarity on their why, then it goes to, let's talk about your values, your priorities, your preferences, who you are as a person, because those things inform decisions, right? So it's multifaceted. That's why when I say advanced care planning is a process, it really is. It starts with the why. And then it goes to the uncovering who you are. And for a lot of people, they don't even have clarity on right. really what their priorities and preferences are because we're so busy doing that we don't really unpack our lives in that way. So we help people unpack lives, their lives, what matters to you. So if you say to me, my, my family is the most important thing and I want to see my, my newborn grandchild you know, enter preschool, that ha- that's a different goal than if you want to see that child graduate from college, Mm -hmm. right? So it's who you are as a person, what matters to you, and then how does that inform decisions? What decisions are you making? Who do you need to talk to about that? And do you feel comfortable documenting? Because not all people or cultures do, but that's, that's okay because conversations can be more meaningful than a piece of paper Mm -hmm. if the conversations are had with the right people. Because a lot of people have thoughts about what they want up in their mind, but they never verbalize. And if you don't write it down, put it out there, how will people know? You know, it is important to hear that person say what they want. mm -hmm. It really takes away um, the decision maker when you can't speak for yourself. Um, and that, that is to me is so important. And, and people ask me, uh, you know, Hey, who's your advance, uh, who, who's your healthcare power of attorney or who's, who do you, who, who is going to speak for you if you can't speak for yourself? And I said, you know what, the difference is they really don't speak for me. They speak as me. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and so their only job is to uphold my desires when I cannot speak for myself. There is no decision for them. They're, they've already, and that's why I chose them. It's they, they know everything that I would want. And I think that's a, a really interesting distinction because I think people fear becoming that healthcare proxy because mm-hmm. they're afraid they're going to have to make these really, really hard decisions. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Um, so help, help us better understand what does that proxy actually do? So, so it's interesting because a lot of people think that by default, they must pick their spouse or they must pick a certain person. And if you don't identify the person, then there is sort of a hierarchy who, 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 
of people who will be tapped to play that role, right? So picking wisely is so important. So I've worked with, with clients and they, they defaulted to their spouse, but when they really step back and thought about it, they're like, I don't want a ventilator. I don't want CPR. I don't want life-sustaining measures. And it's unlikely that in the moment, my spouse is going to be able to fulfill that desire. They are going to want to do something else because they love me so much. Mm -hmm. So I need to deselect my spouse and select someone else who is going to affirm my decisions and follow through and talk to the provider, talk in the ER, talk in the ICU and say, here is what Connie, Kimberly, Peter said. This is what we need to happen. And this takes the spouse out of the role of that struggle. Don't leave me. I love you, Mm -hmm. but I want to do what you want and allows the spouse to hold my hand. And be the spouse. And be the spouse. Right? Yeah. So it's making decisions. But to your point, I really like the way you said that they're not making a decision. They're just being the vocal cords that get the decision that has already been made out there so people can make it happen. Well, you know, I've seen many people, you know, fearful even talking about advanced care planning or or filling out mm-hmm. the directives. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I, I'm a firm believer that if you do not have these in order and these conversations, you're going to face some very scary times within the mm. medical model that we are now facing. Yeah. And COVID yes. is a very big, huge underlying example of what yep. we have seen over the last six months. Yes. I got to tell you another story. Please. So I was very new in my role at Vital Decisions as a clinician, learning about the work that we do. And I was very new in a relationship uh, with a person who is now my husband. I don't, I'm new, 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 I don't know anything, but he has a medical event that lands him in ICU. And because we are not married and there is no proxy, I am asked to sleep in the waiting room be in the waiting room and I'll be invited in periodically to visit, right? Because that's the process. And so we were new in a relationship. It never crossed my mind nor his mind that I should be listed somewhere so I could dialogue with people. So it just shows we all need to be thinking about it, right? So, you, you know, come to my house for dinner and rest assured, the elephant in the room, who you lovingly refer to as Eddie, <laughs> yeah. is going to be talked about. Yeah. I bring it up. You know, it's really funny. Uh, my family, we we joke about it um, because, especially when we have dinner parties, and I'm always, they're like, please do not bring up death during this. <laughs> and and I all I do it in a very funny way, but it I think people are desperate for permission to talk Mm -hmm. about these things Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because every time I do it, I get 
I, I chuckle because it, for the first like five or six minutes, it is uncomfortable. But then I talk about what's more uncomfortable is thinking of myself and, and not having the quality that I want mm-hmm. and lingering with no quality. And, and I believe that, that that is one of my mission is how do we normalize this conversation? Because there's no one getting out of here alive. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, I see people like, I don't want to talk about that because then it might happen. And I'm like, you know what? It's going to happen. Mm-hmm. How do we talk about it? Um, because the way we do this final journey is really how people are going to begin that grieving process for us. And we can do it very, very badly, or we mm-hmm. can actually embrace it knowing that it is coming. And do, do you have any tips for how do we even begin these conversations um, around a dinner table? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, one of the first questions that's often asked is how's work? And what do you do again? (laughs) (laughs) And when you open the door, I'm going to walk through. Right. And so for me, it's, it says, you know, for the first time meeting, I say, I help people sort of figure out how they want their life journey to go, particularly if they're dealing with an advanced illness. And then people start talking about stories. Everybody has a story. Everyone whether it's about someone, their parents having an advanced illness or having an experience themselves. So when I start talking about what I do, I can ask a question, do you, have you had any experiences along this, uh, like this? And they're like, yeah, let me tell you about this. Let me tell Mm -hmm. you. And so they start the conversation. They open the door by saying, what do you do? I walk through, I talk about, you know, a journey and I'm like, you know, what's been your experience? They start talking and now we have a dialogue, right? But it's, for me, it's about asking questions because some people have good storms Mm -hmm. and then other people have stories that are very painful. And, you know, I think in many instances, they're appreciative of having a space, even at a dinner party, to express themselves. Yeah, I do talk quite a lot with people who are unmarried. Right? We'll be at a party. There'll be a couple, and I'll be. Uh, I will. I will talk about. They'll ask me, and I'll be like, "Well, let's talk about your situation. If one or the other of you ended up in the hospital and couldn't speak for themselves, do you know what the other person wants? Would you be allowed in the room to even verbalize it? Right? Or is it going to be the oldest child who lives in California? So I, I will talk to unmarried people because of my own experience. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm not married. Um, I, I'm, I, that, that word is as as scary as probably death Mm -hmm. is to some people. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, you have to think about who's going to speak to for me if I wind up in the hospital and can't Mm -hmm. speak for myself, you know, being on this live well, die roll tour, I had in my RV, this, because, you know, when you drive across the country, you increase your probability of death um, mm-hmm. to, to the next level. And I had this big yellow sticker saying, if something happens, here's my advanced directives within. Uh, and, I, and I had it, a sticker right on um, like where it is, because I was so afraid that I would wind up somewhere in Wyoming. Mm-hmm. No one knew who I was traveling through, and I wanted to make sure the person I chose was mm-hmm. at least called, consulted, yes. consulted. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's really you know, important. Well, the first thing, if someone is in a car accident, 
their job is to save you mm-hmm. and and get you stable to to maybe make some hard decisions. And so it really is how do you want to live and how do you plan this out? And I have seen many people avoid this conversation, uh, especially my grandmother. You know, mm-hmm. the older generation, like, oh, they know what I want mm-hmm. and and refer. But it it's that burden when it falls on someone to make those decisions um, for you, uh, it, it it can affect how they grieve you, how everything, because there's guilt involved. We're human mm-hmm. beings. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, so you really, how, if I'm a business and I wanted to get vital decisions um, to be part of my healthcare package, how do people go about that? I would say there would be a couple of options. One would be if you're employed and your benefits are provided by your employer, go to your HR department and say, I think this is something I'm interested in. Does our health plan have it as part of their services, right? There would be no, that would be a great starting point. The other starting point would be to call Vital Decisions directly and ask us, which plans are we working with, right? There's, but starting with HR is a great place because then they know that there is a meet. And then, you know, while we're waiting to figure out if they have it, there's always my living voice, right? So the difference between our interventions is depth. Right. Mm -hmm. So my living voice is for people who are sort of preparing for that car accident, the unexpected medical situation. So there's um, a baseline, some basic information about what I want and my proxy. If you're dealing with complex comorbidities, but you're not necessarily uh, on a trajectory that means end of life is, you know, on the horizon, then you need a different intervention. And we have a program called Guided Living Voice. So it's a single session with an expert. And then it's linked to My Living Voice, the digital platform, right? So that's for a, a, a special group. And then we have a uh, intervention which is called Living Well, which is multiple sessions with a specialist helping you to unpack what your advanced care plan should look like. So it depends on what you need, but, a, but an employer, a health plan, a union, all of them could offer one or all of the interventions. For, for their membership, employee group. I say, why? Y'all must be really busy because I see no reason why, why no, every health plan should have you. That's what I think. I mean, every health plan. Mm-hmm. Who are the big people you're, you guys are working with? Or can you say? I can't. I know. But <laughs> but if you are listening, it is really vital that even the individual can go to the HR. How do we get vital decisions a part of planning in 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 just our ordinary daily lives, but especially you don't want to wait until you have a serious illness to start talking about this right. at all. Yeah. So, you know, there's lo- lots of ways to get more information. Our website um, but really, you know, the first thing I would do for anyone who, who is listening, mylivingvoice.com. Mylivingvoice.com. We have to really, especially in a world where we're living with a global pandemic that is still happening six months, seven months into this. We thought it would be 30, 90 days. Summer will take care of it. We mm-hmm. have to plan. Um, this yeah. is, this is, it's vital. 
Yeah, it is. And, you know, and you think about the, the, the stories of people who went into the emergency room because they were dealing with COVID, their loved one wasn't able to follow them to verbalize what was necessary. And in many instances, there was no documentation. And now we're making in the moment decisions. You know, if there was ever a reminder that we all need to be thinking about a subject that can be hard to think about, it's now. Absolutely. Absolutely. And if not now, when? If not now, when? Exactly. Help. Let's list off those resources one more time. It's your voice. So the the digital platform is um, mylivingvoice.com. So that is where you can create your own advanced directive and identify your proxy. At free of charge, people. No cost. No cost. Mm-hmm. And then for those who are actually want to bring you guys on in some kind of way, um, on a, on a professional note to, as part of their mm-hmm. health plan, how, how do they reach out to you? Well, so I'd like to say, call me <laughs> <laughs> and I would love for my phone just to be ringing off the hook, <laughs> but that's probably not the best option. So we could, we could call our toll free number, which is 800 301 3984. And they will connect the individual to me or to a counterpart so we can get the conversation started. Awesome. And then our website, of course, has um, a lot of information. And that, is that vitaldecisions.com? vitaldecisions.net.net. Very important. Vitaldecisions.net. Um, I can't tell you how much I appreciate talking to people like you. You, mm-hmm. your passion for what you do, it mm-hmm. radiates. Um, Thank you. And you, and you've seen both sides. And I feel like that mm-hmm. is why it is so important to get these conversations started. To create, to realize, realize that this is a process, not a one-stop fits all kind of people. Uh, That's right. So it is a process. You've got resources. I encourage everyone to do this. Get someone, think about who your proxy is. Take that first step. Everyone needs someone to speak to with, for them as them. If you cannot speak within uh, this, I call it disease management system that we, we, kindly refer to it as healthcare system <laughs> um, because we're all we're 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 all going to face a serious illness as we age. Um, we're mm-hmm. living longer and it, it is when we're healthy that we need to make and start processing this and thinking about it. Connie, I love vital decisions. I, I, I just think that you guys are needed in every place possible. And I just am glad that that you are involved with this telehealth. It's so important, especially during the last seven months of our lives and what we've seen. Absolutely. Yeah. So thank you for the opportunity really to talk about it. Yeah. Keep doing good work. And if there's ever anything that I can do to support what you guys are doing, I am your cheerleader. You guys are on the front line, um, helping and changing how people face end of life. And I applaud you for that. Thank you. Thanks for joining us today. And remember, you're the designer. This podcast is produced by Jason Andre with Seven Season Films. If you're interested in telling your story via podcast, look him up. You can find him at sevenseasonfilms.com.